recording straight out of Five Scotland. You're listening to Films and Swearing, a movie podcast with your hosts Stuart Sutherland and Magic Mike Christie. Woo! For a second there, we're joined by the fucking nature boy. What's this? I know, I know. Instead of podcasting, just lays out some chops. Yeah. But I don't want slaps across the chest. I would just fancy a pork chop. All right. That's it. That's a request <coughs> for next week. No yeah. bother about it. I kind of brought beers, but next week you bring the pork chops. Aye. <laughs> so they could just sit and listen to us. And just slap pork chops together. Like, what are they doing? Is that like are they just slapping meat? Like this needs to be a video podcast, but do folk want to watch this? Mm-hmm. Two guys in thirties slapping meat. Now, what the fuck was this podcast about again? <coughs> the coughing virus seems to have carried from one host to the other. Yeah, I still, <coughs> <coughs> I still get everything again. It fucking annoys me. Aye. Well, hey, as long as it's not as like mine. Yeah, I think like I think it was just this month mine's disappeared. And what was that like six, seven months? August last year. Damn. Like, Eight months. What? I know those adverts for the doctors say had a cough for more than three weeks. See your doctor. It's like mine's felt like three years. I know. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you've read your episode description of <laughs> this podcast you're listening to, it is what we are crying an off-season episode. Yeah. So. It is sort of like a more laid back, relaxed episode where we're just going <coughs> let Mike get his coughs out, yeah. um, and just talk about just general what the fuck we watched and like since we've last seen each other. So more relaxed. We'll cover the usual. Any major news? Has anyone famous died? Uh, you know, like Dale Winton things like that. And then oh no, I had to say it. And then just kind of talk about what films we've watched this week. So it mm. might not be as long as all our other episodes, but it's just like a wee break for us in between seasons. So, aye, let's well just get right to the death. Oh, wow. it's been a like since uh, we've last met. He's been busy. Ah, he's been collecting. Yeah, I reckon if there's been like a fucking like a sale on because he's fucking grabbed a few, a few nims. What was that thing they used to call it then? The supermarket sweep. Oh, I reckon. Like the mad trolley dash or something. Aye, there was some sort of bonus because he fucking cashed in and picked up Milos Foreman, Ari Lem, Ar, Ar Lee Emery, Ar Lee Emery, and Harry Anderson. There was other. There's like I know a South Korean actress has died and an an Italian director, but fucking hell, I can't keep on top of it. We're usually it's usually two. This is like four, five, six, seven. Yeah. Like let's. Settle down, Def. This is not fucking 2016. Yeah. 13th of April, Milos Forman. Two-time Oscar award-winning best director. Now, uh, I'll bring up his IMDb. I was going to say, what awards did he win? What film did he win? The, uh, the Oscars were for Amadeus and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Ah, uh, I still not see that. Yep, that. I still not seen that. It's on the... My shelf of shame. It's not even on my shelf of fucking shame. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm waiting for Zavi to get like an exclusive steelbook and then I will be purchasing that. Ah, uh, memorial edition. Because <laughs> he's got 20 directing credits. 
and a lot of it's like shit I've never heard of. 1960, Magic Lantern 2, 1965, A Blonde in Love, The Fireman's Ball from 1967. Ah, so he was a fair age. Aye, 1975, One Flew Over Cuckoo's Nest, Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Ah. And like that one doesn't really need any explanation. Nobody really knows Jack Nicholson, was it Louise well, Fletcher's... Well, everybody... Knows part of us. Aye, aye. We, like, that's it. Like, I'll, I'll raise an unopened bottle of beer now. Before the end of the year, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest will be watched and reviewed on Films and Swearing. Yeah. Hold up your, your bottle of drinking water. Aye. And have a little clink. Is this, going to, be, is this going to be a say, foreshadowing Jack Nicholson's death? No, well, we've already clinked. No, we can't <laughs> take it back. I fucking hope not. 1979, he did the film Hair. Ah, uh, H-A-I-R. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, like, this is in his top four. Claude Bowowski leaves a family ranch in Oklahoma for New York, where he is rapidly embraced into a hippie group of youngsters led by Berger. Uh, yet, he's already been drafted. He soon falls in love with Sheila Franklin, a rich girl, but still a rebel inside. Oh. And it's John Savage, Trent Williams, Beverly D'Angelo. Alright. Can't promise that we'll review that one before the end of the year. Yeah. 1981, Ragtime. Uh, James Cagney, Elizabeth, Elizabeth McGovern. Uh, a young black pianist becomes embroiled in the lives of an upper class white family set amongst the racial tensions, infidelity and violence over other nostalgic events in early 1900s New York City. So that's, I, I feel like he was a classy director. Like, he was named... Oh, I mean, done like Amadeus and all that, and then... That followed the next he year. He completely, like, jumped the shark when he done Man and Men. Aye, I reckon how much money got put on the table to get him to do that one. I know. But aye, Amadeus was like the life, success and troubles of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart as told by Antonio Saleri, uh, the com- contemporary composer who was insanely jealous of Mozart's talent and claimed to have murdered him. It was a big, um, big cast in Amadeus, eh? like, oh, like big players in the 80s. Aye, like, I mean, a lot of names I'm not familiar with. Like F. Murray Abraham, Tom Hewless, Elizabeth Berridge, Roy Dreis, Simon Callow, Jeffrey Jones. Pedro Jeffrey. Yep. He's the <laughs> he's the head teacher of Ferris Bueller's, ain't he? <laughs> yeah, he is. Ed Rooney. Yes. With Howard the Duck. Was he the villain in yes, Howard the Duck? He was the villain he was the villain in Howard the Duck. He was also one of my favourites. He was the villain in the John Candy from Who's Harry Crumb? Ah. Where he plays like the really stupid fucking like private investigator. Aye. Bye. How is he still alive? <laughs> I know, because he got convicted, eh? Aye, his career stopped <clears> at 2014. So it must, yeah. have, must have been then. Mm. Uh, I was just waiting on my Matthew brother coming out like, Big Jeffrey touched me. No, <laughs> it wasn't really my day off. Other <laughs> <laughs> big films that uh, Milos did was 1996, The People vs. Larry Flint. Never seen that one. 
That's Woody Harrelson. Aye. He was playing the... Larry Flint. Yes. The titular character. Aye, aye. The the publisher of Hustler magazine. Yeah. Uh, Never ever seen that one. Partly idolised and fictionalised film of the controversial pornography publisher and how he became a defender of free speech for all people. Aye. Then, of course... Fucking 1999's Man on the Moon. 1999. Man, I'm, I'm going to fucking write an email to Netflix and be like, you need to get this film on. Right, how could you fucking produce a documentary and not have the fucking counterpart? I know. So, I mean, it's... Another film that needs no explanation. they done Goya's Ghost in 2006. Doesn't ring a bell with me. Natalie Portman, Stellan Skarsgård. Randy Quaid. Randy uh, Quaid. Looking. Has he not been done for like sex crimes as well? Or am I overlink, overthinking this? I, I don't think it's sex. Maybe it's like a crime to humanity in the sense that he just published like his sex tapes, just upload them to the internet. Uh, like how fuck uh, uh, sex yeah, tapes are normally leaked. Yeah. yeah. Randy just shares. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to see you bang your wife, Randy. Stop. I think if it was Randy, him, he was the fucking. The, the brother uh, Chevy Chase in like the National Lampoon vacation vacation film. Aye, so. and he was like the crazy cousin in like the Christmas movie and Aye. Aye. <coughs> he was a fucking mental He's I think he, he is a crazy one in real life, I think. Some, Aye. I reckon if it was something like he was he got fucked over by or he believes he was fucked over by a president and then put the president's like a rubber mask of the president on his wife and fucked her on tape. <laughs> To get them back. <laughs> Brilliant. It's like... Brilliant. And again, Randy... I still I still remember his performance in Independence Day. That's brilliant. Aye. That, that was, it's an iconic performance for him. Like, yeah. That, outside like the comedy he did. Yeah. But, I mean, there there's some of the ma- major credits of Milos Foreman. 15th of April, we lost R. Lee Emery. And that one, like, is when you look of look at his fucking career, the work he's done is like fucking hell. He has. He was an actual like army drill instructor or something along the lines. Eh? Yes, ah, he actually had that background, which makes so much sense now. How he went on to kind of portray those types of characters. Yeah. One Golden Globe nomination for best supporting actor, obviously for Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. But he, it was only a nomination. He did lose. Who did he lose to? Sean Connery for the Untouchables. Oh man! What bring a knife to a gun. A gun. What's it? Knife. Bring a knife to a gunfight. Aye. You bring a gun. So shit. I mean, that's a hard one to call. Like Big I've, Sean. I've not seen Untouchables in fucking ages. I guarantee you, probably about twenty years. Like, I reckon. Like I've not seen that since fucking childhood. I think. I I saw it when I was going through my first De Niro phase, and. Because he didn't have a big part in it. Nah. But I did remember watching it and just minded fucking... Sean Connery was like, fucking hell. He was an Irish guy, yeah. Ah, he was a fucking raj. Like, you couldn't kill him. Yeah. You could try, but you couldn't. Now, Arlie Emery, his top four on Amazon... On Amazon? Sorry, on IMDb. Obviously, Full Metal Jacket. Seven. He was a police captain. Yeah, he, he had a kind of smallish role in that. Eh? Aye. Texas, the 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Sheriff Hoyt. And uh, Mississippi Burning in 1988. Now, that's a film that's always been on my radar. 
Mm-hmm. But I've just never got around to watching it. And Scott's up name set. I wave. What's his name? Gene Hackman. Yep. Willem Dafoe. Yep. Francis McDormand. Oh, she in it as well. Aye. Arlie Emery is like the fifth build. Uh, uh, Brad Dufer. Dowriff. There's the other one. Uh, Michael Rooker. Ah. He's in there. Feel he like has to play a member of the clan. Has to. Again, he's got a fist for it, but... I know. Aye. It was like typical like white trash redneck. Aye, he plays it so well. Sorry, but, you know. Like... But that's how he done so well in fucking Walking Dead. That's but, yeah. I mean, let's. I can, he's one hundred twenty four acting credits, so I can't read through them all for Arlie Emery. But look at the titles uh, in The Simpsons. He was credited as a colonel, uh, Colonel Lindsay, Happa Blap. Uh, that was in nineteen ninety five and two thousand fifteen. Kung Fu Panda, General Sin. He was uh, an army soldier in Toy Story. The army general. Ah, he was. Uh, he was a star. <coughs> he was a general, aye. or whatever it was. I. I mean, let's see. I Toy Story. Every one of them, Sarge. He was a sergeant in X Men: The Last Stand. Like, the really, third one. I really tend not to watch that one. Aye. That's fucking awful. He had voice credits in the fucking Crash Bandicoot game. Huh. How obscure is that? It looks like he done a lot of voice work. Yeah. But it was generalist, a uh, fucking colonel, coach, marshal, sarge. Like he, yeah, he was typecast. Uh, so, so basically, if you were looking for a hard as they were looking fucking rugged army man, that was uh, the boy. boy. He even had an uncredited <laughs> fucking voice in Starship Troopers. He probably would have been brilliant in Starship Troopers. Aye. Uh, voice heard on speaker when troops are receiving gear. That's his credit. Like when they're in the ships? Must be. Ah. So, and you might remember this one more than me. Frighteners, 1996. He was Sar- Sergeant Hiles. I have not seen it. And it's, again, one that's on my fucking radar. I thought was... Peter Jackson then. Um, what's his name? Michael J. Fox. Yeah, before he got Parkinson's. Yeah. Aye, thanks for reminding everyone. Aye. <laughs> Um, I, I honestly thought that was a film you turned me on nah, to. I've never ever seen it. Nah. And I like, I see a lot of people talking about it, but I just never got around to watching that again. Mm-hmm. Again? Ever. Ever. <laughs> so, I mean, alright, let's stop scrolling through his IMDb and let's pull up some of his finest moments. What are we going to look for? Are we just going for Full Metal Jacket, the classic? See, or? Full, Metal, I, Full Metal Jacket is a bit overplayed. Aye. I think he's... Like I've I, I seen a lot of people sharing it and talking about it last week when it's the bit where he's in the office and seven, he's sitting at the desk and the phone goes and he answers it mm-hmm. and he just blatantly just without a beach comes out as like, ah, it's like, no, my desk puts the phone down. <laughs> right, let's see, we have a, someone's favourite Arlie Emery moment from seven. Seven, me. Greed, sloth, wrath, pride, lust, and envy. Seven, hold on. That's not even my desk. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah. And then, 16th of April, we had 
Harry Anderson died at the age of 65. He is more famously known for TV films. Uh, the t- teleseries Night Court. He got several prime time Emmy nominations. That's, that was a comedy. It's something that's never aired here. Not that I know oh, of. Night Court. Yeah. yeah. Never heard it. Like, other things he was... It's top four on Amazon on fucking Amazon. I know. IMDb. You need to stop plugging that shit. The thing is, IMDb is owned by Amazon, I'm sure. Because anytime you're on their fucking website, it's adverts for Luther, it's adverts for Bosch. Like, they clearly own it. But, mm. cheers. Tales from the Crypt and It. Yeah, I don't remember Top it, four. And yet, like, if it wasn't for Tim Curry, like, I would fucking like, despise it. that whole... Miniseries. Yeah. I would say miniseries. It was a two-part, wasn't it? Yeah. I think it's just, I found it really boring. I mean, like, I liked the remake to a certain degree, but I just felt that the like, original, like, it was all about Tim Curry. And I mean, yes. for us, like, growing up, Tim Curry was, like, fucking, like, God almost. Mm-hmm. You couldn't do it wrong. I know. Yeah, let's see. Do we dare play a clip with Harry Anderson and it? He, oh, he's, uh, well, you could, but then, like, the only scene that I always remember is when he's in the library, and, like, Tim Curry's up on the balcony, and calling him fat boy. Ah, that's the thing, when someone dies, all you see after it is just fucking endless memorials. I do remember him, actually, for his work in Cheers. Mm. He was, like, a character cried Harry the Hat. We would appear maybe like once or twice a season and he was just a con man. He would show up and do like a card trick and the the guy, the partners at the bar would get the card trick right but what they had to know was that he'd nick their watch whilst they were playing. Uh, and he would leave and he would wave and you'd see his sleeve and all these fucking watches fall out uh, and like fucking Ted Dance would be barring him and he would find different ways of getting the bar and occasionally he would have episodes centred around him but he had about, say, maybe close to a dozen like credits and on cheers for just playing that character because he would just randomly appear but that's what I remember him from yeah alright Mike so what films have you been watching since last time we've met I've wrote them three here but um, one that I was looking forward to seeing for a while and I pre-ordered the film as well was um, the Coen's debut Blood Simple oh aye aye and just because I went in it completely blind, didn't watch any trailer, didn't read anything about the film. And it's just, it's very Fargo-ish. Aye. Like it really is, like it's basically, it's, it's not really much, yeah, like a, like a kidnap going wrong, but. Aye. Like it's the, the a tone guy, or, hmm? Like the tone of the <clears> film. Oh, it's very dark. Very, very dark. Aye. Um, it's, um, Frances McDormand, she plays the wife in question, and it's her. <clears throat> her uh, husband's hired a private investigator to like find out who she's cheating with, mm-hmm. and then proceeds to pay the guy to kill him, and then maybe halfway through the film, it totally goes in a different direction. All right, and it's it's just brilliant, eh? Like, the cinematography is fucking superb in it. Like the music and all that, mm-hmm. and it, like her role in it is like she is like like quite young in it as well, but she does do a really good role. But um, the 
the guy that plays the prime investigator, he's fucking superb in it. Aye. Can't remember his name, but mm. he was brilliant. So, other than Francis, um, is there any I other looked up, big names? I looked up um, the name of the guy that played her husband, and he's on IMDb as Dan Hedaya or something. Right. He, um, you you kind of recognise him. He's the one in Commando with Schwarzenegger. Right. Where he's the one that's kind of like fucking in charge of the whole operation of kidnapping the daughter. No, the one that gets the pipe put through him. Aye. <laughs> but he's like the one that like talks on the phone. Oh, right. All the time. Um, try to think. And he was, <clears throat> he's in loads of other fucking films, but I only really remember him for John Gates. No, he uh, he plays, <clears throat> he plays the guy in question that's like cheating, because Dan Hedaya's character, uh, Marty, he runs a bar, and the guy, hey, uh, the guy John Gates plays, he like, send him like works in the bar with him. No, it's got. M. Emmett Walsh. That's the fucking, that's the P.I. guy. He's brilliant. He has fucking superb in it. I don't this is like in one of his fucking top four as well. Uh, I, I'm surprised it's like, it's fallen under my radar. Yeah. Because. And I mean, I've, it's 90 minutes, it's 90 minutes and it's fucking, fuck. it's easy to watch. I wonder if it's it. just because it's not widely available. Yeah. Because I've never seen it on this Netflix. Is a, this is like the, I think this is like the director's, well, like their version, like the director's cut sort of thing. Aye, aye. But I, I think I think that's only been the the one version available anyway. Because that's like, it says nineteen eighty four. Nineteen eighty four. So that's well, well or thirty years now. So. Aye, and I mean that's that's quite good though. Mhm. So I mean, I highly recommend that, and I'm hopeful. I reckon if we did, if you did see, it, I reckon it'd be worth a good wee, a wee chat about further aye. than yet. Lads, I would I would watch it just for the the, the, the names behind the and like Francis McDormand. So that's ah, so usually if it's if the Coen Brothers have put the name on it, I'd usually watch it. The only times I've been not disappointed, but been a bit like I reckon the only one I felt indifferent about recently was uh, Inside Llewellyn Davis, which is your Oscar Isaac, oh, um, Carrie Mulligan. And Justin Timberlake's in it for about ten minutes, <laughs> and that's just like a guy who kind of decide if he wants to join the navy or be a musician. All right. And he's not really good at either. Mm. And John Goodman shows up for a wee cameo. Mm. So that was that's the only one I watched, and I was like, "Oof, could have been better." But yeah, I've done such like I reckon how some somebody handed in a copy of No Country for Old Men for me at my work. I just found him a pigeonhole, and they said it was yeah. mine. Like, is it? Is that me? It's a DVD. Why? I watched No Country a couple of months back for like the Oscars and that. Aye. Uh, I, I generally, like, it was probably the second time I've actually watched it and it was still just as good as when I watched it the first time. Aye. I caught it on film four, I think, originally. And it was like one of those things where you're flipping through the channel and it's already half an hour in. And you're thinking if you want to stick to it, it's like, I've heard good things about it. And it's just the moment where Josh Brolin's sitting in the room, and he's all quiet, he's in the motel, 
and Javier Bardem fires the lock, like oh, the, yeah. the the bolt gun through the Aye. the lock in the door, and you just see the whole fucking lock and door fire and hit him in the shoulder. So I was like, no, I have to watch this till the end. Like I was gripped. That was like, was like holy fuck, Aye. what is this? It's a good film. And I'd, like I'd missed all the fucking killing at the start, and you forget fucking Tommy Lee Jones is in it. Aye, plays the sheriff. Eh? But fuck. I, speaking of Josh Brolin, I watched the film starting him at the weekend, uh, or was it the beginning of the week? And that was one of his most recent ones, uh, Only the Brave. Ah, you test my there with it. Aye, aye. I tend to do that if I get fucking really excited watching a film. Because surprise. Yeah, yeah, you said on the message about like how you were like invested in the characters and then like you just you couldn't hack you say you couldn't hack it if they died and shit. Aye, so I'm assuming some of them did die. That's I I shan't right. uh, give out any spoilers because it's still fairly recent. But right. fuck, it's on for about two hours, two hours and five minutes. And honestly, I feel like you get an hour forty five minutes in until like the actual does like the forest fire actually happens. So you just spend the whole time just following the journey. All these guys fucking joining this uh. this team and assembling this group of. They all crying like hot shots, and then when the, all the training and it's passed, they get a nickname. I think it was like the Granite Mountain Hot Shots or something. Mm. And Miles Taylor is the other uh. lead, and he's <laughs> he's like a fucking train wreck that kind of turns his life around uh. through being with his group. And <laughs> there's this fucking great moment where he's fucks walking up. He's realised the girl he slept with is now pregnant. She doesn't want anything to do with him. Uh, just because he's such a fucking train wreck, he's doing drugs, drink, Aye. and he's walking down the street. He's like, I need to get my life together, and he sees like a jeep that like there's no got any doors on the sides, and it's got like a big sat nav that's been left on, hanging on the dash, like on on the windy shields. And he's looking at it, and he's like, I'm gonna fucking take it. Goes over, takes it, starts, and the camera cuts to like a side angle of him leaning in, trying to pull this off. And the light goes up across the road, and it's just two cops in a car just turning the siren on, just looking at them, shaking their heads. It's like that's a bait. You've just left out there to fucking trap fuck, uh, and he just fucking like a moth to a flame. Went ah, oh, I could steal this and sell it for money. Uh, but he does quite good. I always feel like he had like a bit of a bum deal. Like he done really good, like, Whiplash, and then got Fantastic Four, and then like, uh, yeah. And you kind of got left with a bad taste in your mouth, but I feel like he's done some really good stuff since then. Not that I've watched it, but Bleed for This uh, looks really it's fucking on good. Netflix. I know. It's on Netflix. And I, I scroll really, past I know, it every I fucking know. night. So they are, mate. So they are. I need to just like stop, click. And but I mean, like, like the trailer, like, does look really good. Aye, exactly. And Lee Shriver's got a similar one on there. I he's got the a boxer. That's it. Bleeder. Aye, I scroll past that one every night as well. Uh, just looking for something that I've watched ten times before, and I just watched that instead. Uh, I know, it's, it's it's fucking weird. Like there is an endless amount of content, and I think that's why we end up doing shit like Netflix season, just so we can actually watch all the stuff that yeah. we scroll past. Ah, uh, because I, I I still I, I don't know if I want to watch the other one that you done that we kept on seeing the trailer for. Oh yes, uh, thank, thank you, you for, for your service. service. Aye. Aye, that's. Well, and like, what cannot be like unseen is. What you picked up on that trailer? Aye, if you watch the trailer to it, you've got like the the Rag and Bones yeah. song. What's that? I am a human after uh, all. And there, there's a moment where Miles Taylor's in the foreground and his wife's in the background shouting at him. But 
honestly, it, it's you've got the, that only human song playing over it. And honestly, if people, if you just go find it on YouTube and watch it, you'll see the wife shouting him, but she mimes perfectly with the singer saying, like, what's that? Don't you hate all me? Like, the uh, fucking song matches her. It's like, it's just like she's singing rag and bones to him. And like, uh, what the fuck? And as you said, it's something that cannot be unseen. Yeah. But, ah, that looks like some heavy, heavy shit. That's... Yeah. Doesn't look like a fun watch. Yeah. Obviously, it... it it probably would be a decent film, but it just looks like a more, like a more serious, sobering version uh, of yeah. a, like American Sniper. Like, like it does, it does look like a fucking. It would be like a a really good film, but fuck, you'll be depressed after. I feel. Yeah. Like that's that's the film where you need to like line up some fucking stupid, uh, stupid that's comedy. There's times where like I've kind of got the urge to like finally put silence on. And right. then I, I I don't know if I have gonna hack it. Yeah, I, I don't know if I have got the capacity in me to watch it Aye. in case I didn't like it. Because like after like obviously listening to what you said when we're doing Scorsese season, was it had my interest at same with the Aviator. Aye. Like I really like I think I'd probably watch the Aviator first before yeah. Silence. Aye. But like, I still remember watching like, the first trailer of Silence and I was like, oh. But then obviously it's a lot of dialogue. And uh, it's like a slow burn sort of thing. Definitely. For some re- some strange fucking reason, I was just walking through Sainsbury's yesterday getting something for my tea and I just stopped and I thought, Silence is a really good film. I think where the fuck that came into my head, I think if I was like mentally in the back of my head, I was just looking to see uh, if they had it like for a fiver. Because it just probably was like, I really want to own that film. But I'm, just... I'm sure I s- I've come across it a few times on like CX, but the most stupid reason I'm no buy it just need a fucking slip cover on it. Yeah, I, was, I fucking knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I'm a fucking sucker for them, eh? Uh, I don't even kind of this. It probably will have gotten like a steelbook release. Probably. I don't even what that would look like. Bye. I need to pick that up like some point this year. Yeah. Uh, no, other things like Josh Brolin. It is like Josh Brolin Disney Day a bad film now. Nah, like, nah. Only the brave. He does fucking brilliant. Jeff Bridges is in there. Oh, is it? Aye, he's he's got like a he's like some cunt that's retired for the force already, ah, and right. he's always just kind of showing up. Tommy Lee Jones and that same vol like Batman nah, volcanoes. Um, what's her name? Chick with black hair. Ah oh, shit, she's got a name. There, there's like a I fucking lost it. I was going to bring up really obscure Friends reference that. Monica gets a haircut to model this woman and the woman <coughs> cut her hair modelling a guy with a similar name. Oh, uh, fucking... Get what I mean, eh? I'm going to say it now. I'm looking it up only... Oh, uh, no, that's annoying me. Andy McDowell. <laughs> Aye, she's in it as um, Jeff Bridges' wife. Aye. And Jennifer Connelly is the wife of Josh Brolin. Aye. But aye, it's it's some fucking film and like when we were doing our disaster season, like that's your polar opposites of like San Andreas, like big popcorn disaster movie, and this is like real fucking serious disaster movie. Whereas because like, uh, the stuff that's actually happening, like in the like, exactly world, aye, that was the fucking. Because you're not getting a fucking stupid tsunami. After aye, a fucking cargo ship sitting at the top of it. I know. Uh, crushing your 
fucking dickhead ex, well, boyfriends. Yeah. But, um, aye, it is. Uh, the fucking first thing that comes up when the film finishes is saying it, it's in tribute to all the people that died on on that mountain fighting uh, the fires. And then, of course, like any good uh, film based on real life, you get the, the montage of actor playing the role, photo of the real person. Yeah. Like, the, oh. the Clint Eastwood done that really good on American Sniper. Aye. At the end, at the end of the film, you see him driving to the the base where the, like, the whole thing took place and then the film ends and it's like, it's got video footage of like the guys like funeral and all that, and it's like going past all the cars with all the aye. like flags on it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Aye, and the fucking streets and streets. I mind that now actually. So came like every time I hear about it though, it always puts me in the mood to watch Backdraft. Aye, aye. Mm-hmm. That's a fucking. That is nineties, isn't it? Yes. Aye, that's some fucking film of the nineties. <sighs> Shit. Um. I mind just watching that at some point last year, and I would just. They kind of I watched just, it last year as well. It honestly fucking caught me off guard. I was like, I reckon why? This film's like three quarters of the way in, but I am so overly emotionally invested. Yeah. Like, I, like, you forget about like, some of the fucking big hitters in the film, eh? Donald Sutherland, mm-hmm. eh, Bob De Niro. Yep. Big Kurt Russell. Uh, and I, one of the Baldwins. I feel uh, one of the Baldwins is yeah. in there, isn't it? It's no. And they. Daisy Domingo. Aye, like, aye, it's just like fucking hell. Big hitters. You're no, you're no fucking joking there. No. Yeah. Your turn. Another film. Eh, uh, I would do a joint one. We'll go with Ready Player One because we caught that a few mm-hmm. weeks back. Aye, how's that? Feeling um, like a couple of weeks later. Aye, I am. I, I talk about it every now and again to my boss at work, and. I I think it's currently sitting in my top films of the year. Like yeah, aye. But I I think I enjoyed it more than what I should have. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing, I suppose. Yeah, aye, that's it. Since watching it, I've I've I'm going to use air quotes. I've read the book again. I know. Like, I, I have on Audible, so I just have some kind of telling me the story rather than actually picking up a book and reading yeah. it. And I that was it. After watching the film, I was like, that height. I I need to kind of go back to it and and reading the book. And there is there is some big differences, like the the, the challenges from the film and the book are like ninety percent different. There there is sort of like how I will try and not give any details away, but like the the, the challenge for the third key. Yeah. That's kind of that stays the same in a way, but like the whole race car at the 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 racing level at the uh, start, and then when they were in that film for the second challenge, none of that stuff's in the book. Uh, but you're 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 making a movie. You kind of want to make it a bit more exciting than uh, guys just playing video games. And yeah, in the book, he had to. Uh, I think his second challenge was play Matthew Broderick in war games. Like they had to uh, memorise all the dialogue and play the part. So I was like it's really obscure. I think people pointed out that a lot of the references were updated. In the books it's a lot of heavy eighties eighties reference and they're saying the film was a lot of nineties just to kind of uh, just so like a a generation like 
we're more familiar with the 90s and the 80s. Yeah. And we're 30. So for a younger audience going in, yeah. like, you need to kind of have your up-to-date references, like the chest burster and things like that. I'm positive we saw fucking Robocop at one yeah, moment in that film. That. And Chucky, like, those things are iconic. Like, that could transcend uh, generations. But I did come out really fucking enjoying that film. Yeah. Casting was really good on it. I was... I thought uh, Mark Rylance playing... Uh, Halliday. Yeah, I thought he was pretty good in that. Mm-hmm. Sam Pegg was... I didn't recognise him at first until I went back and read on IMDb, like, the list. Yeah. Oh, but, um... That's, I, I'd seen one review before I went and saw it, and somebody was just saying, like, Mark Rylance is a national treasure. Just, just fucking sucking his dick, just saying how great he is <laughs> in this film. And I think because he was portraying like an autistic character yeah. as well, with something that, that wasn't shoved in your face, but just how he kind of done yeah. it in a positive light kind of got him a lot of praise as well. Yeah. But the, the young cast were good. Uh, the <coughs> the black chick with the like the dreadlocks, like the one that was always driving the, 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 the van. Aye. I've seen her in the... That Aziz Ansari Netflix series Master of None. Alright. She's like one of his friends and that, and I fucking completely forgot she was in it. And sh- she played it well, like compared to the character in the book, which that remains the same. That was yeah. so, like, he was convinced it was like one of his pals, and he meets him in person, he's completely blown back that it's, it's this tall black chick. But she done really well in it, and mm. the bad guy. I thought he was actually pretty good. Yeah, I when he was cast, because I followed this closely, I'd read the book, and then when I found that Spielberg was making it as a fucking film, I was like, holy shit, how the fuck's that going to work? Like, well, how are you going to get the licensing for this? And that, yeah. there's so much, holy fuck. And when they, they chose, I, I can't even mind the dude's name, but he was, the only film I knew him from at the time was... Place Beyond the Pines. He was the guy that used to rob banks. Ah, yeah, he would just, yeah, yeah. I just remember him. He used that. to fix the quad bikes up for, like, Ryan Gosling. And, yeah. And he would just be sitting dancing with his dog, getting pissed, and when they are spending all the fucking money they stole. Yeah. I have to look his name up, because I can't think of it. I want to say Ben. Um, Aye, Ben Mendelssohn. Mm-hmm. He's also got a role in that film, Rogue One. You ever seen that yet, Mike? No. Nah. Has it gone to the point now where it's too big? You can see it now, it's too big. Yeah. There's, there's too much hype to it. But I was, he was in Darkest Hour as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was, the, the cast you've got are TJ Miller. His role is that iRock character. Uh, it wasn't yeah. too bad. I, I thought it was pretty good. I, I heard like a lot of folk loved it, but when we were in the cinema, it never really got much of a reaction. But he uh, did play it quite, str- quite. Yeah, because you were kind of, and you seen the card, you were expecting like a big brooding, like deep voice, and then as soon as I heard it, I was like, I can who that fucking is. I didn't he disguise his voice whatsoever, <laughs> but he always have like these silly wee quirks, like man, I think I've got this problem with my neck. Yeah, it's really fucking. I think I might have to get physical therapy. And he's. Just trying to be all well. It's like a serious situation, and he's just being goofy. Yeah. But um, talking about the. Absolutely. Hmm. Did you seal the shit with T.J. Miller last week? Nah. 
He got arrested for calling in a fake bomb threat. He got flung off a train because he was drunk, argued with a woman in first class, and when he got flung off at the station, he went on his phone tell the authorities that this woman with a suitcase has a bomb on it uh, and that was suspicious yes. and continued to give them false information on the phone whilst he was being driven away to somewhere else and the whole train got stopped or they got detained and he got fucking locked up got a fine and he's at risk of being put in jail for five years it's, that's a pretty serious <laughs> thing to do at least he never touched a kid yeah well Oh, he no. didn't, no, no, he didn't touch a kid, but I think he did, like, how the whole Me Too, yeah. women have spoken out uh, against him. Ah, he's he's taking some shit. I think he, I reckon if he's in a, in a troubled place at the moment, because he's, he's no longer on Silicon Valley. Has he got anything to do with Deadpool 2? Yes, he's got his role in Deadpool 2. So that's, that's a kind of saving grace, but I think he's on any of the press tours, uh, especially now if he's been fucking arrested for doing bomb threats. The boy, I think he needs help. Him and fucking Declan Donnelly. No, it's Ant. Is it? Oh, I, get, I, I always get it fucking ah, wrong. Fail, motherfucker. Yeah, Declan Donnelly, the one that still looks like a fucking schoolboy, even though he's like 40. Yeah. Aye. Um, I thought we'd like all the wee Easter eggs in the film. The film is fucking laced with Easter eggs. Now, I think my... F- Favourite Easter egg in the entire film was probably Goro with the chestbuster. Nah. I totally wasn't expecting that at all. Aye. And I mean, there's YouTube videos upon YouTube videos upon YouTube videos that catalogue all these references. Yeah. And I mean, I watched one that was on for about 20 minutes and it was like really like 20. And then what came up after was like 150. It's like, fuck, you could be there all day just and, uh, this, that. Because I mean, they pulled out references like they had... Battletoads and Ninja Turtles running side by side. And supposedly, I'm, I'm going to have to freeze frame it myself, but supposedly the 90s Ninja Turtles are in there. Yeah, because we said that it would be I could have swore too. it was the like Michael Bay produced Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah, but that probably would have cost a lot of money and you probably would have had to have bribed Michael with a big explosion in your next film. Aye, or at least have a few explosions in your film. Yeah. And I mean, like, I... Like, I was totally blown away with the second puzzle. Aye, that I really was, was. Fucking I really was. Genius. Like, changing it up, but the way they've done it was so fucking well done. And when the film quality changed to, like, that 80s grain, like, like the authenticity just seemed mm. so fucking real. And I've read it online where people are saying that they rebuilt Aye. the sets to that film. It's like, that's really? Because I was saying to my boss that like, even he thought it looked, like, looked really well done. And it just as soon as the, the soundtrack started and you saw the name of the cinema and you're like, oh, uh, like goosebumps. It was, it was like fucking hell. And not going to lie though, but like, like, the entire soundtrack of the film's fucking brown. I've got it on my like, Spotify. And I, Which one? Ready Player or? Ready. Aye. Ready Player. Aye. I need that. Wasn't that? They can... I the soundtrack never caught my attention this time but I mean I'll, I'll have to have a listen to it it might yeah. be because the only thing I can remember back to the music is when it's just references to other films like those Back to the Future cues oh that was fucking laced in that film ah, they they quite appreciated some what was it the, the Zemeckis Cube yeah that was a good and it was it was 
You're like, not going to get another film like it. Aye. Like, like I was saying, like, my only disappointment was the fact that when like, he was in the DeLorean doing the race. Yes. Like, didn't he hit 88 it didn't miles? Hit 88 and it didn't fucking disappear. I thought, like, I was kind expecting that to happen. Aye. But other than that, I thought it was fucking great. And, like, I'm, like, like well, you have went and pre ordered it. Because mm-hmm. as soon as it comes out, I want it. Aye. I hope they fucking stack it with special features. Aye. I need, like, making of, things like that. I just want to see how the fuck they, they managed to make a film like this. <laughs> yeah. But it's fucking, it's unreal. Mm-hmm. It is, it's just, I, it's almost as if they've bet Avengers with Infinity War. Because Infinity War is 10 years worth of characters put into one film. Yeah. This is like decades of nostalgia put into one film. Like It's yeah. things that Stranger Things can you do. Because people watch Stranger Things and get big nostalgia trips. Because they've got posters to the thing on or they're watching it or they're talking about it. Like classic music, eighties music, and this is the same, but it's a fucking feature-length film, and there's just hundreds, and it's very every. It's, you've got groups yeah. of Master Chiefs running, you've got Robocop, Terminator, Batman, Harley Quinn. It's <coughs> it's endless amount of fucking yeah. references, and blinking you miss it stuff, Aye. and the small movie details that fuck will be picking apart for years to come. Mm. It's crazy. Uh, one other film I watched in the last week was Molly's Game. All right. The Aaron Sorkin uh, gambling film based on a true story of a woman cried Molly Bloom who used to hold host these um, high-risk poker games and then eventually got fucking grabbed by the FBI. <coughs> Jessica Chast Aye. is uh, the, the busty lead. All right. And I say busty lead is because she's her fucking chest is hanging out for half of this film, right. and it's it's used as a as a tool in the film to kind yeah. of just raking some punters. I'm pretty sure I watched the trailer when it dropped um, last year, and it kind of garnered my like my interest a wee bit. And get what you could easily compare it to is Itonia. Alright. I. Jessica Chastain's character, Molly, narrates the whole film. Right. So she talks you through it. So they're talking in flashbacks sort of thing. Yes. All right. All right. The film starts with her getting fucking lifted by the FBI. Right. And, well, actually it starts because she is a, maybe not Olympic, but she is like an athletic uh, skiing. She comes from a, a family of athletes. Her brothers are, are yeah. award-winning skiers. She's the same, but she had scoliosis of the, like, the spine, so she had, had to have her spine correct as a child, but still her dad, Kevin Costner, pushes her down the slopes, gets her back up to the point where she's about to win, and she's like in third place at risk of falling into fourth place, and when she goes on her skis, comes flying off her foot, and just ends up in the crowd, and... She kind of thinks, you'd think my life would be over at this point. Yeah. And it cuts to her being busted by the FBI. And then you kind of get two hours where she explains... <laughs> all right. Where she explains all that happened in between. Yeah. And it's got quite a few names uh, to Idris it. Elba's in it, eh? Yes, he's, uh. he's like the, the lawyer that's going to represent her. All right. Well, he's only going to represent her if he gets the full story out of her. And that's how you get like the flashback sequences. Uh. Where she kind of fills in the blanks for him. Yeah. Michael Sarah's got a good part in it. Oh, I see that. Aye, um, since it's based on sort of like a true story, 
he plays uh, a Hollywood actor who shows up at all the games, puts down lots of money, loses a lot of money, but he does it just to fucking take the piss out of people and annoy them. Just because know. he doesn't give a fuck how he loses <laughs> money. Uh, IMDb trivia, the teasing that, because he's just referred to as Player X in the film. Never get to know his name, but people have alluded to on IMDb that he's supposedly playing the role of Toby Maguire. Supposedly he was a guy that just went to fucking card games and just dropped stupid amounts of money just to piss with people. But it does, it gets really good. I'm trying to think if there's other big names in it, but I can't think. But the film goes in quick. I mean, I was just, I wanted it on for, in the background when I edited last week's podcast. And honestly, I spent more time watching the fucking film than editing the podcast. Like, fucking hardly anything got done. I was, frankly, at the end of editing podcasts, I was just like a lot of compressing, cleaning up the audio. So just like a lot of loading screens. So things like that, I could just sit and watch the telly. But, I highly recommend that one. Ah, well, I'm going to... I'm going to check it out in this month because I don't remember what I was saying. The, your flights? <coughs> ah, I've got the listings for what's been shown on the flights and we've got Black Panther, so I'll check that out. Um, Mother's Game and the All the One in the World. Yeah. I want to see that uh, Christopher Plummer. Aye, and that Oscar nod. Yeah. <laughs> Aye. Got anything else to talk about, Mike? No, really, nah. Uh, trailers, but I, I never really watched any of the final trailers. Nah, I did watch Jurassic World. Everyone now is at the assumption just saying it is The Lost World point two. Ah. Which, like, we kind of got it. It's just reiterating itself for, like, another generation. Yeah. So, I mean... I think I will take Cameron to the pictures to see it. Yeah. Every day he wants to see Indominus Rex. You'll be disappointed to see that he's not in this fucking new film. Uh, but he, he does not tire watching that film. He does not get tired of watching dinosaurs tear the shit out of each other. And when you show him the trailers to the new one, he's like, that's great, let's go. Like, uh, and it comes out in June. That's yeah, great, I've, let's go. Yeah, I've still... I've only watched the very first trailer, mm. and that's as far as. Aye, and it's <coughs> it looks good. Like I, I'm not expecting like something really fucking clever, but yeah. it's just got to be Chris Pratt and Jeff Goldblum. Yes, and what's it? Bryce Dallas Howard. Aye, like it's just gonna be them running for dinosaurs for two hours. Yeah. So uh, that's fine with me. I'll, the kid will love it. I still think it might scare the shit out of them because the trailers do seem quite dark. The All dinosaur, right. like, whatever dinosaur that's been created, the most scariest, vicious dinosaur there is, yeah. it's like it's creeping through, like, a bedroom, much like the when the T-Rex in Lost World pops its head in the tent. Oh, uh, yeah. There's a sequence quite like that, but it's doing it into, like, a four-poster bed. Uh. It's just reaching into the room of a sleeping child. So that looks pretty good. Deadpool 2 looks like a good laugh, but we all know that. Yeah. And we're all going to see it. Yeah. So, roll on me. I know. Well, I'm going to... We get back for Florida on the Friday, and Deadpool will have dropped on the Wednesday. I think so. Wednesday 15th? 
Tuesday. Probably something like that. Because I'll, I'll go in the 7th, that's a Monday. So I Tuesday will be the 15th. Yes. I will uh, go and see it on that weekend before I go back to work. But mm-hmm. we were hoping to catch it when we were there. But Aye. it doesn't come out until like, the fucking day after, I believe. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that's out over there when we're there is Avengers, but Michelle's not really into like, the Avengers that much. So. Aye, aye. That's, I've already got my... Like my babysitter boots for yeah. Avengers. I've I've already dealt my mom. They're right. Next Sunday, I need you just to look after the boys for a couple of hours. That film's yeah. getting seen. I might just go and see it. Um, no next week. I'm, I'm assuming the kino will get it for two weeks. Aye, aye, they'd have to. I'll probably go and see it the following week. Maybe one day on my day off, I'll probably go and see it. Yeah, good. That's it. Just, it's another thing, much like Ready Player One. You just want to see it. The see how they've done it. Yeah, and they they announced the running time again like it's a big surprise yeah. two hours 30 minutes yeah like, that's, that's better than what a lot of people a lot of people thought it was going to be border in the three hour mark aye so but there's the they're, they're keeping it that that quiet they didn't even want anything spoiled about it they were even saying that even the title for the next movie is a spoiler yeah like the next would. Avenger film have they got the title for it yet? No, they're not releasing it until I guess the new ones out or it's been is it, out. Is it no next year though? Maybe I think they've been filmed back to back. But I mean, other than the title of the film, uh, <coughs> Avengers Four: Iron Man Is Dead, mm. I can't think what your spoiler, yeah. what a spoiler title could be, but. That's it. You tagged me and stuff on Twitter yesterday. Like the 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 story. Oh, that that fucker. That, 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 that whole thread was fucking glorious. Aye, that woman's take fucking, on. I had a chuckle on the bus reading that. Aye, so I mean, everyone's got their theories, and it, it, you feel it's obvious. Like yeah. the people that's been making Marvel movies from the beginning, from ten years ago, are probably tired <laughs> of being in Marvel movies by now. Yeah. So I would not be Figured surprised like when. It's still not going to be the end of the Marvel. No, no. no. It's just made room for new characters and the young, the, well, the young got, team um, to move on. You've got Captain Marvel, you've got... Yep. Uh, that's it, you've got Captain Marvel's going to be one. I think she is in this movie, isn't she? Yeah. And then she gets her standalone film in the next year or so. Uh, Spider-Man's probably... still a fucking kid. Yeah. Black Panther. What is that fucking uh, trailer that we've seen for the Spider-Man animation thing? Oh aye, Sony Sony Animation are doing a Spider Verse. Aye. Aye, with the Miles Morales Spider Man. Alright. Aye. Well, saying that I think in that trailer it shows you him like Miles Morales and Peter Parker talking aye. on a rooftop. But the Spider Verse was something I did read bits of. I never actually read I read like the prologue the prologue to it. And I think more or less it, all the superheroes become like get Spider Man powers. Yeah. So I think I've Venom's not really a Marvel film, is it? No, no, that is that's because mind he was in Spider Man three. Aye. It was the guy for that seventy show Aye. played him. So, are we in, is that this year? Yes, it is. It's towards the end of the year. It's like oh, September it? or start of October. I guess they may be careful because they're still talking about like there was. Like, nobody's been talking about this Predator reboot either. No. But 
gives me the fear a wee bit because I thought <laughs> we were getting it this year. Aye. And I mean, considering like what Shane Black done with uh, the nice guys. Mm-hmm. It might be like third quarter, fourth quarter. Yeah. So. And I mean, he's got that Boyd Holbrook that was in Logan. Mm-hmm. He's in it, so hopefully it's in actually pretty decent. Aye. Uh, other than that, I think as an off-season episode, yeah, I will not even bother plugging any of our shits. Yeah. Uh, I'm even going to start the music because I always fuck it up. I've been your host, Stuart Sutherland. Tune in next week for the start of our Netflix season with yeah. Blowout from 1981. Director Brian De Palma, starring John Travolta and Nancy Allen. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I've been Stuart Sullen. Joining me tonight across the room, Magic Mike Christie. Yep. Fuck off and tune in next week. <laughs>